just sensed um, the Holy Spirit wants to ask us a question. Uh, the question is this. I'm not going to unpack it. I'm just going to ask the question. Are we a son or a friend of this house? So those are the words I heard. So he said, ask people a question. Are, we, are you a son or a friend of this house? So just leave that with us and ask yourself that question. Um, Hebrews 11 verse 3, let's go there. We've been looking at Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 11 is the people of incredible great faith. And God calls us to be people of great faith, amen? And he's calling and wooing and calling and wooing us to be just like these people that we read about. So often we can live in the third person and it's always, oh, those people. It's always the person next to me. It's always the person on the tally. It's always someone else, but it's never quite me. But he calls us for truth to be realized, amen? And for us to have a truth that is experienced. It's not abstract. It's not just sort of out there for someone. It's to be a known reality. And that's what I felt God's just saying to me. Pray that love would be revealed within. I know the difference love has made for me being revealed within me radically, radically altered every part of my life. So I know the power of love. There's been songs written about it, the power of love. I won't sing it. <laughs> the power of love. The world knows love. Everyone knows love, but do they know the love of the Father? And um, Hebrews 11, these people knew the love of the Father. They'd experienced the Father to a measure that enabled them and empowered them to live a type of life that set them free from the earth and the earth's magnetic pull and had them living on the earth but living in a way that wasn't of the earth. And so I want us to look at Hebrews 11.3 because I am incredibly excited about what God showed me through one verse. And so if I get a little bit tongue-tied and trying to bring it out, please have grace for me. And I pray you'd hear what the Spirit wants to say today to us as his church because there's so much contained in one verse. And I believe if you receive this today by faith through the power of the Spirit, you will leave here changed. If you can capture the revealed position of what I'm going to say, you will leave this room different because of the magnitude and the power of the Word of God that comes to change us. Amen. So let's read it, and then I want to pray for that. It says here in verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Let's pray. Father, I pray today, Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal this passage. I ask you to reveal, Holy Spirit, the depth of the word that sits behind these words. 
I ask, Lord, that you would bring us into the word today because it's the word that sets us free. Not the words on a page, but the word that has spoken these words. And your words do not come back void. And so, Father, I ask you to open the eyes of our heart that we'd be enlightened in the knowledge of who we are, what our inheritance is in you for the saints, and what your goodness is towards us. I pray today we would all leave that we would leave changed. I pray, Father, that you would put in us through the power of your Holy Spirit the seed, the word, and it would go to work on the inside of our heart and our mind. And we would leave here knowing you more. And we would have the life, the corresponding life of the knowing of you. And that would cause us to live radically different. We ask this, seek this, knock for this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. By faith. We understand. How many people know faith sees? Faith sees things that unbelief doesn't. Faith sees the unseen and then is able to live in accordance to what it sees. Faith exists and operates from an unseen realm. That's why it's such a challenge. Because it's not anchored in the earth. There's nothing temporal about faith. It's all eternal. And it exists in an unseen realm. The Bible says that the world that we are in now came from the word of God. The unseen place. There was no life. And then life spoke. And then there was creation. So something from an other realm the realm called the kingdom of God declared something and then there was a physical realm. There was always and has been an eternal realm, an eternal substance, and then, then came the temporal. But the problem is for the church and everyone on the temple is you can eat from the temporal and not from the eternal because you live on the temporal. See, faith is found. It's a substance. It's a conviction of what we hope for. It's the assurance of what you hope for, the conviction of something that's unseen. So faith sees in a dimension called the kingdom of God. It receives from that reality, then it lives in accordance to it in the temporal, but it's eating off an eternal source. Jesus said, why do you work for food that perishes? Are you only eating food that perishes from the temporal because you're supposed to be eating food from the eternal, but living on the temporal? But you're not of the earth, you're not of the temple, you're of the eternal. And you receive from the eternal, you receive, because man cannot live on bread alone from a temporal, but from food from the eternal. So the most effective followers on the planet are those by faith who are eating from the eternal, but living on the temporal. But the very word itself, temporal, shows you it's temporal. It's for a certain period of time because you're only here visiting but fulfilling the Father's will while we're here. But we don't eat from the temporal, we eat from the eternal. Because faith sees the unseen and it receives it. 
It's unbelievable from a temporal perspective. But from an eternal perspective, it's believable. See, Jesus was the man who came from the eternal, wasn't he? Heaven. And he walked on earth, and he was the only man from this place at this stage. Yes, the Spirit had been poured out pre-him, but think about it. He came from a realm. The Word was with God in the beginning. He is God. All things have come through him. So he comes and starts to live in the temporal. He meets a man called Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is from the temporal. So the man from the eternal has a conversation with the man from the temporal. And the man from the eternal starts speaking about being born again. And the man from the temple thinks he's literally talking about going into his mother's tummy and literally going for the physical birthing. Is he talking about that? No. He's not talking about that at all. Why? Because he's speaking from a place of an eternal, but he's living in the temple. So everything he brings from that realm comes with him and he speaks, thinks and breathes from that realm. He may as well be in that realm still, but he's physically here. But what's inside of him is that realm. Are you tracking with me? Hence, you need to be able to hear from the eternal. So today, you need to hear with eternal ears, spirit ears, not temporal ears. Otherwise, you'll only hear words and you'll never hear the word. Jesus said, you don't understand because you can't hear my word. I'm telling you in words all the stuff, but you don't understand it. Now you're walking away from me. And faith sees and hears in the unseen. But you and I have been given the Holy Spirit to see and hear the unseen. That's why Jesus said in Matthew, you are blessed for you have ears to hear and eyes to see. And then the very next verse he would say to them, but do you still not hear hearing and seeing? So he stayed with them, walking with them for the time of the Father, that he knew and the Father knew that he would be called. And the Holy Spirit has been given for us to, by faith, live this life out, seeing, hearing, eating from the eternal on the temple. And faith is the thing that bridges all of that. Yes? Can you see why we need to be people of faith? This is what Hebrews 11 people were. Faith has its existence in the unseen realm or an unseen dimension. Who's here seen Pete's Dragon? Seen the movie yet? We need to get out more. <laughs> we saw Pete's Dragon yesterday. What a cool movie. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Some of the kids' movies I go to, I fall asleep. If I'm being honest, I sit there in the animated ones, it's all good, and, else, and, else. and, they, <coughs> and you know, Lily goes, Dad, Dad, wake up, watch the movie. <laughs> but I stayed awake in this whole movie. It was a phenomenal movie. What a cool family movie. Clean, had emotion, almost cried a little bit. You know, it was like, oh man, I want Pete, come on Pete, man. Came back, looked at Layla the dog and went, Man, I'll get this now. Hey, Pete. <laughs> you need to go see the movie to understand what I'm talking about. Robert Redford said this, and it was so funny because Danny and I had been talking about what I was speaking about in the morning, and then we went to the movie in the afternoon, and we both looked at each other and just cracked up. Robert Redford said these words. 
you go through life. He said this to his daughter because he'd seen the dragon, but no one believed him. So he'd seen this green dragon in the forest, but no one believed him existed. And his daughter was a ranger who lived and worked. So she, she worked in the forest and her whole life was to look after the forest. So he says this to his daughter. He says, you, go through, you can go through your whole life staring at what's in front of you, but you miss a whole lot of things. You go through life just literally staring at what's in front of you and you miss a whole lot of things that are right in front of you because you can't see. You only see what's in front of you and you live in accordance to what's in front of you. Well, that could be very depressing. Right now, if you were living your life by what's happening on the world, we'd all be basket cases. Hillary, Trump. Trump or Hillary. Neither one is a good option in my opinion. It's all chaos in either way. It's not looking good. I met a man when I was in Cambodia who was a Korean ambassador and he'd been living in the States. He said, the States is gone. It's gone. He said, I've worked there. I've been part of the political scene. It's going. If you haven't woken up to what's happening around the world, the world is caving in. And that brings life for us, doesn't it? The Messiah is a day closer to coming. Is it tomorrow? Don't know. 500 years? Don't know. 50? Don't know. What I do know, he's coming. And because I don't look through what's happening in the physical, I have life and hope. Because I'm looking at something that's not here. I'm looking here. My eyes are up, not down. My eyes aren't looking at myself. My eyes are my focus, like the Bible tells me, on him. Because sin so easily entangles when you look down. But when you look up, where righteousness is, sin does not entangle. So where are you looking? Because faith sees the unseen. And that's where life is. By faith, we understand. I'm going to stop there. By logic, we understand. By reason. So many people live by logic and reason. I'm not understanding it. Sorry, I'm not going to. I'm going to understand this, then I'm going to believe. No, you believe to understand. See, the ways of the kingdom are different from the ways of the world. The ways of the eternal are completely opposite to the ways of the temporal. If we live from the ways of the temporal, we receive the ways of the temporal. What you sow, you reap. Where you sow from, you reap from. Yes? So by faith brings understanding. Understanding starts in the heart of a person, in the spirit, Jesus says. And yet so many people try to understand God in their head. So we look at the facts, we look at the proof, we look at the evidence, we stack all these things up and then we go, will we decide to believe? It sounds good, doesn't it? But how many people know that there is so much evidence and facts that Jesus was real? He came, he rose again. There's more things written about him than Julius Caesar. The facts and the evidence and the proof stack up. Yet people still don't believe because it doesn't start in an intellectual understanding. That's why. And you know what that births? Incredible humility. If you'll let yourself acknowledge that truth. 
that you cannot know anything about God unless God decides to and draws you to him. See, that would bring such a oneness in this room and in the church around the world. Man, it would be dangerous. And at that point, then God takes you on a journey because by faith, by the ability to see the unseen, to have a conviction and a knowledge of something that no one else can, but you've seen it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has come and revealed it in you and to you. So now you live in an absolute assurance of what is, and that brings understanding. See, you need to receive love to understand love. You don't go on a journey to try and understand love. You receive it, and then understanding actually comes. And now you're living from a place that's powerful. See, it's a weakness place to come into, but when I'm weak, then I am strong. See, we hate that. That's why we're not in it. Because it's a place that requires you walk on your knees. It requires you to come to a place, Sam said it last week, which is beautiful, that the law shows you your absolute need for Jesus. That there's no, no boasting in the flesh. Everything I thought I was is gone. My intellect, my ability to coerce, my ability to speak, my ability to look good, my good looks, my stature, my this, my money, all that is gone. None of that gets me in. What gets me in is a broken and contrite spirit because my spirit breaks and now I'm able to see a realm and go, whoa, and I live from faith that realm my whole life now on earth. See, there's only one door. It's called Jesus Christ. And it's continuously coming through the door because he said, live, Paul said, I live my life by the substance called faith. See, by faith, we understand. By the assurance we hope for and the conviction of what we can't see, we understand. It's a spiritual realm. Angels turn up from this unseen eternal realm on the earth. Now, when you read that, do you stop and go, what? Oh, whatever, angels. Who gives a rip? You know, hold on, angels? Do you know people have seen angels here? People have seen angelic beings in the corners, even behind me one day. Someone said, I saw this massive angel behind you. I said, was he smiling? (laughs) (laughs) Brings a little bit of reverence. A little bit of awe, like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, really? Angels come and minister. I believe there were angels here this morning in the pre-service prayer. Because it's an unseen realm, but it's here. It's here. See, the kingdom of God is this invisible realm that lives within you. Jesus said, you guys, you walk on the planet, you can discern when it's going to rain, You know when the clouds change, the rain's coming, but you don't even know the times you live in. You don't even know when I stand in front of you, the time, the Father's time for my arrival that was being prophesied over hundreds of of prophecy that I would be here. You've missed the time. Because you're completely unaware. Why? Because you're so temporal, it's not funny. That's why he was continually going to his disciples, guys, 
How long do I have to be with you? You of little faith. By your faith, it will be done for you. He's going, oh my goodness, Father, what have you given me? Why didn't you give me the A team? You gave me the Z team. So he had to learn everything from his own obedience, didn't he? Same with us. Come with me to 2 Corinthians 4. This is incredible, powerful scripture. If it's revealed, seek and ask God to reveal all his promises, his words. Don't seek to understand it in your mind first. Ask the Spirit of God to renew your mind so you can understand it. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Say, I'm not going to lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I'm looking at things that aren't seen. (laughs) Sound like you're a bit of a nutter. Can you see the angel up there? Well, I can. Can you see love over there? I can. Can you see when he says you're going to sit with me on my throne? Can you see that? I can. Can you see who who follows me, serves me, will be where I am? I can. Can you see that? You're like going, what? What? No, I see pictures on walls. I see words up on screens. I see microphone stands and guitars and a lectern and toilet sign. Paul says, hey, don't lose heart. You know what the man went through? Anybody want to come over here while I smash you? (laughs) And we'll see if you get up and say, hey, boys, don't lose heart. I know I've just had the living kicked out of me, but don't lose heart. It's all good. My nose is where my ear is and my arm's up around my back, but it's okay. Do not lose heart. Why? Why can the man say that? Because of what he's seeing. The man went through being smashed a pillar to Pope. He was lied about, cheated about, stoned to death, left for dead, thought he was dead. Everyone was trying to get rid of him that didn't like what he was saying. And the man says, hey, don't give up heart. Why? Because my inner man, although my outer man is being smashed and I'm getting older and everything's going south instead of going north, it's all good because my inner man is being renewed because the kingdom's in my inner man. The inner man is my kingdom of God in me. And because it's growing, I'm seeing where I'm going. And that compared to this is nothing. There's no comparison because faith sees But if you can't see, then you're stuck looking here and what's happening here is all heavy and bad and all life is crap. And it is. I agree with you, it is. The pressures of life, the costs of life, children screaming, the wife, the husband screaming, Liverpool not winning. It's all chaos. If that's all I'm living for, 
Then man, you might as well take me now. Man is pity. What does the Bible say in Corinthians? Man must be pitied if all he's living for is now. It's ridiculous. And yet you and I are called to influence here. Please hear me. We are called to influence the world with what we're looking at. It's not go hide in a cave and do nothing and wait for Jesus to come back. No, you captured this. Paul was the most effective guy on the planet, wasn't he? Why? Because of what he saw. And so he's telling you this in his words. He goes on and says this. But at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. What does Hebrew 11.3 say? Let's go back there. I'll read it to you. The second part. By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God. Next week we're going to look at the relationship between faith and the word of God. Okay? How does faith come? Hearing what? Okay. So if the word of God created creation, what type of faith should we be living from from the word of God? (laughs) He really starts to ask some real massive questions. Think about that. If the word created creation and faith comes from the word, then that's a pretty powerful faith, isn't it? So are we living from it? Are we scholars of the word? And I don't mean by that, I don't mean, when I say scholars, I mean disciples who are hungry. Because you eat the word, you got faith. You don't eat the word, you don't have faith. It's simple. It's powerfully conflicting, isn't it? Or confrontational. So we're going to look at that next week. So it says it was by faith that creation was birthed by the word, so that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. So what we see came out of an unseen realm. So you look and you see the sea. It came out of an unseen realm. It was called from there into here. Incredible, eh? You look at the mountains, it was called from there to there. But that's all going away, isn't it? But the word of God never goes anywhere. Because the word of God is in the eternal. But this earth is at the moment in the temporal. And it's groaning, like Sam said yesterday, and the sons are groaning, creation groans for the return of Christ. Because it groans to be back into where it was started, which was in the eternal. It was perfect. This is phenomenal. We've got to get this. We've got to get the fact that you and I are to live from the eternal, not the temporal. This is what Paul is saying here. He said, I don't live by what I see here. Man, that would be depressive. If I looked at our income, that would, dep- that would be depressive. Let's be honest, eh? We've given these numbers before. The last count, it was about 30 families that keep this place going. That is depressive. When I look at how many people are on our books, if you want to call them the books, Maybe that's got something to do with son or friend and why God would ask you if you're a son or a friend because they live differently, don't they? Friends visit, sons dwell. But see, it's depressive. (laughs) It can be really depressive if you let it. 
But see, that's why you choose not to look at the natural and you choose or you're in him to the point where innately you don't even see it. You continually see good news. You continually see good news. And you believe for good news. And you speak life in the hope that now what you see in the physical is representing what you see in the eternal. Because you're speaking the word and the word is living and the word creates life. And you hope as the word goes out into the soil, the soil, the heart is soft and fertile and hungry for the word. And all of a sudden, the word doesn't get snatched by the devil who comes along and nicks it. Or the word's not excited, the heart's not excited for five minutes because it's like, yeah, all emotions, that's awesome. And then like, oh, life sucks. And then it doesn't go on a bit more and they'll say, oh, yeah, that's all cool and that's all cool. But you know what? Wow, I want that new car. Man, that new job, I want the money, the money, the, what does it say? the wealth and the desire of other things come along and choke. And so there's no life. But there were some that received the word and 30, 60, 100 fruit was produced. Fruit, what Fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, in. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within. Powerful, powerful stuff. The word of God. Nothing wrong with the seed. Nothing wrong with the seed. And Paul knew this. Listen to Hebrews 12 too. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Jesus wants to perfect faith in you and me. He wants to come along like the master surgeon and start doing a work. He's the author. He's the perfecter. He's the creator. He's the father. He's the king. He's the Lord. He'll be your friend if you follow him. We always miss that if in there. As she says, if. You're his friend if you do what he tells you to do to keep the commandments. Still loves you. See, he was the author and the perfecter of faith, his faith. Not my version of faith, his faith. He wants to perfect his faith in me. Why? So I can live. So I can live as he's called me to live. So I can experience the fullness of life. James 2.22, you see that faith was working with his works and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. Faith is the currency that enables kingdom transactions. That's in your handout that you got. Faith is the currency that enables kingdom transactions. I moved from Wellington in 2001 to Palmerston North. That required faith. <laughs> Nothing on Palmerston North, just love Wellington more. And I was promoted in my work. My salary went up, got a brand new car, got a brand new phone, was made manager of a region of Palmerston and Whanganui. It was good. So I went there for two years. But God was calling me. He's been calling me from the day I committed my life. And my heart was to be here and to serve here 
And I knew from words that I'd had over that time that I was going to be in what I'm doing. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I knew it was going to be called to live a life of this. And so the day arrives and I get this phone call from Anthony, who was the senior leader. And Anthony, and God had spoken to me three years earlier. I'd never shared this with Anthony, that I would work with him one day in some capacity. But I never shared that with him because I didn't want to you know, distort that process. I knew it would happen, and it did. And okay, so this is what we can offer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it's uh, $35,000 a year. You, cool, when you're on almost double that and more. Uh, you need to use your own car and you, you know, give you 20 bucks allowance for petrol. Oh, yeah, that's really nice when you spend 60 bucks and someone else is paying for your petrol and your maintenance of your car. Oh, by the way, you have to provide your own phone and we give you 10 bucks a month for that. <laughs> Why would I want to do this again? When you're on almost like you know, 90k a year in 2001. I've got a wife. We're planning on having children. We're living in a comfortable place in Palmerston North by the lagoon. And I've got to come back and, and, and on to say, oof. that makes no logical sense, does it? You know, Danny's also working. So she's studying. God bless her. She's working four days a week. So there's that income as well. So that's my income. So plus her income is over 100 and I don't know, whatever. And we're going to come back for 35 grand a year. She's got no job in the hope that she gets a job down here. Why do you do this stuff? My boss looked at me and said, you are kidding me. Greg, you could go to Auckland. We're talking to you. We're talking already to my bosses. We've got roles for you. We're going to make this. You're going to be this. You're going to be this. So I'm going, I can't. This is calling me to this. It's got nothing to do with money phones, cars, what you're going to live in, and everything to do with hearing him, seeing what he's saying, and then by faith and obedience, acting and living in it out. By faith we came, and God has provided in abundance beyond our wildest imaginations we had people in the early days bringing groceries to our door and just leaving them there. <laughs> Danny gets a job. She's getting paid more money than me. <laughs> so that's a bit humbling. <laughs> it's good. And over time, my salary has gone up. And now it's like just what you learn is that none of that really matters. And all that matters is that he provides. He is our provider. He is our shelter. He is my clothing. He is my food. But see, it's the ability to hear and see and walk in it that creates that reality. And unless you go and go through it and go, yes and amen, you never receive it. So we can stand on this side and go, oh yeah, I want this and I want that. And all the excuses come up, don't they? But this and but that and but this and but that and but this and but that. <laughs> There's one big but. <laughs> the Bible says that, you know, hey, there's an invite. Oh, I mean, I just got married, just bought a new tractor. 
and they never arrive at where they're supposed to arrive because of the big but. Well, they're no different to people today. See, faith sees, receives, and lives differently. Come with me to Matthew. I'm going to skip some stuff because I really want you to get this. Is, this is phenomenal. Matthew 15. This is a story of a woman that is a beautiful picture of what I'm talking about. And there is so much wrong and so much right with this story. Okay, Matthew 15, 21. The Syrophoenician woman. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word, and his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. Lot of love there. It's funny how Jesus didn't answer her either, eh? But he answered then and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. Look at her posture. Bowed down before him. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on, their, on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. That's a massive key. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. There is so much opposition going on right here to her receiving what she received. Okay, firstly, she's a woman. Okay, she's a woman talking to a teacher, the teacher, she's a rabbi. Okay, she's not just any woman though, she's from Canaanite, she's a sinner. She's a Gentile, she's a dog. What are you doing with the dog? So there's two massive oppositions against her right here in the physical, in the temporal. I hope you're going to catch this. This is huge. Jesus then says, I've only come for the lost tribe of Israel. So even Jesus is against her. He's saying, what are you doing here, dog? I've come for the lost tribe of Israel, my people. Okay, three strikes. Do you know in Mark 7.24, Jesus, Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was even there. So when you look at the other story, the same story in the other gospel, he didn't want anyone to know he was there. So there's something else. Jesus sneaks in, wants to be just doing his own thing. And I don't want to even be dealing with this. Four strikes in the temple. The fifth thing is the disciples want to send her away. Aren't they good dudes? When the little kids came to Jesus, like, get out of here. Annoyance. Bartimaeus lying, Lord, Lord, help. Get out. Shut up. A lot of love. These are the guys walking with Jesus. A lot of love. Do you see why the great commandment's the great commandment? Love one another as I love. You ain't getting it, boys, yet. <laughs> you're walking that close to me and you're still not getting it. Oh, my goodness. You of little faith. How come when I'm asleep in the bed, 
And the storm's coming over and he's well asleep. I'm living for rest. Man, it's awesome knowing you're in control, God. I sort of hear these disciples running around panicking. He gets up and he says, you have little faith. You have little ability to see. You have little ability to see and hear and receive from the realm that I'm calling you to and to call it out and to live from it. You have little ability to see who you are in me. Come on, he's saying, come on, you have been called and chosen to know. I'm spending three and a half with you as an intentional discipleship relationship so you would come into who you've been called to be and to live as Peter, no longer Simon. That's why he renamed the guy. You're no longer going to be Simon. You're no longer from the temporal. You are going to be called Peter from the eternal. He says, Greg, you're no longer that. You are this person. I've covered you, washed you. Now live as a perfect son and become perfect like Sam said, like your heavenly father's perfect. And this woman who is a dog, she's a woman. The disciples want her out. Jesus doesn't even acknowledge her. He doesn't even know. She comes before him, humbly before him on her feet. And then she says these words, yes, Lord, but even the dogs. She's identifying herself in the temple as a dog. I know I'm a dog in the temple, but I know who I am in the eternal. I know it. And you know what? Jesus then knows it through the words. And when I was meditating on this, what I saw was Jesus just doing his thing at the table. And when she says those words, Jesus went boom. And his head snapped. He said, lady, you see. Lady, you see, you have great faith. You see who you are, not in the physical, not that you're a woman, not that you're a dog, you're a Gentile. You know you were born for me. You knew before the foundation of the earth you were mine. Master, she says, she knows who he is. The centurion knew who he was. People of Gentile dog. And Jesus says, you guys, my people don't even know who I am. And these two dogs know why. Because they have great faith. They have the great ability to see, hear and receive and then ask and receive. And the same thing is for you and I today. This is too good to be true. It is too, too, too good. And nobody a scumbag in the eyes of everyone else, but royalty in the eyes of Jesus. And what it is to know your royalty in the eyes of Jesus when everyone else thinks you're a scumbag. She's not living from her temporal identity. She lives from her eternal place. Why? Because she knows that's where it's attained from. And yet she's Physically, in this temporal, physical law place, isn't she? Romans 4. I'm just going to read three scriptures and then we call it a day. If I can breathe. <laughs> These just confirm everything that I just said. Romans 4.13. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. 
For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants would be the heir of to be the heir of the world was not through what? The law, but through the righteousness of faith. That's what I talked about in the first two sessions. The men of old gained their approval by righteousness, their righteousness through faith, not by the law, not by the measure of the temple, but by the eternal reality they could see. Abraham, the law wasn't even around. Can you hear this? If you're still living under the law, the do's and the don'ts, and I have to, get set free today. Find him. I, I get to pray. I get to be part of a community. I get to give. This is the heart of someone who knows they are right by faith. The law's gone. Jesus fulfilled the whole thing and said, now it's about me. Can you see who I am and who you are in me and live in accordance to that, my people? Don't live as dogs. Live as renewed sons. This woman was living as a daughter of the king in this instance. Everything was against her in the temple, wasn't it? Everything was set up for her to fail. No, 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 no. See, if you hear no, 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 push through. By the power of the Spirit, push through to get what you want in Him. Don't let the no stop you. Come on. We don't shrink back. We move forward. Don't lose heart, he said. Don't lose heart if you get hurt. Don't lose heart if someone offends you. Don't lose heart if you don't get this. Don't lose heart. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. On your face. Be humble like she was humble. Because it's by faith. Let's go to Matthew 21, 43. These, these are all in your, in your, you know, your thing you handed out. I'll just read it. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. So he's talking to these Pharisees and he says, the kingdom is going to be taken from you and given to people who are going to produce the fruit of it. Hey, Simnor, guess what? You've been called and chosen. Ephesians 1, 4, before you ever wore, were. See, it's got nothing to do with being an Israelite. It's got nothing to do with being a Jew. It's got nothing to do with being a Gentile. It's about being people of spirit. Oneness in spirit. That's what it's about. Through the law of faith. See, we want to make it about the temporal. We want to make it about this and that and this and that. Just disqualify yourself. It's not about black, yellow, pink. That's what man does. Man boxes it all up so he can understand it all. We're here. But you know, we understand by what? Faith. And faith brings you into the realm of the Spirit, the eternal, the kingdom of God. And so now you live completely different from everyone that's of the temple. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm taking it from you and I'm giving it to these people. But as we know, there's still a plan here for these people, isn't there? And actually, they become one. He's got it all mapped out. Last scripture, John 1. I think this one is... I'm building up. This is the... 
If there was someone here with a trumpet, the John 1.11, he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, we all think we got here because we thought our mum and dad got together. Something much, much, much bigger going on than that. That builds so much life. That I've been chosen. And I've been chosen to live by faith. And that God has empowered me through his Holy Spirit. Through his word. Faith comes through hearing. And hearing by the word. We're going to unpack that next Sunday. Be here, ready to go. Because the word that created creation is the word that forms faith for me to be able to see, receive, and live like this lady. So he didn't just say, well done, lady, you've got faith. He says, you know that you are a child. Even though you've been labelled a dog, female, my disciples want to get rid of you. Everything in the temple is against you. But you know something. Can you hear that? You know something. So all that opposition is not stopping you because of what you know. The knowledge of the word will not stop you. Because the life and the power of the word that dwells richly in you drives you forward. Through all the buts, through all the what's and the this, through all the other priorities, through all the other voices that demand your time, everything about life that demands you. I'm not saying you don't. You've got to walk through that with wisdom. I'm not saying you leave the kids behind. But the kids don't define your life. The word does. Your wife doesn't define your wife, men. The word does. Men, we need to step up five to 10 to 20 gears. Men today are a little bit of a laughing stock in the world. The world is making men to be a laughing stock. Have you noticed that? Through media, movies, comics, men are being put down left, right, and center, and women are being raised up. I am for women and women advancing and all that, but guys, we are the head. Are we living the life of what it means to be a head who serves our wife and our children into the word? Don't he I'm not talking about being an authoritarian. I'm talking about being a man of God who's in the word, who serves and lays his life down and says no and yes, and is a someone that God uses to lead into what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
so that those that are behind me, those that are my offspring in the physical, actually have the opportunity to receive in the future. I want my daughters to receive through my obedience to the Lord. I want them to be participants and be able to eat and partake of something that's of my faith. Because I said yes. Because I was in the word. And there is a role, guys, for us. So if you're not mad, you've got to get this. It's phenomenal. We don't understand it at all. Unfortunately, we've limited the word down so far and it's become so PC. And it's time for us men to start standing up. You were chosen to be a man for a reason. What's that saying? You were born a male, but you've got to choose to be a man. And women, it's time for you to actually encourage your men to be the men that they're called to be. And if you find yourself in a leadership role that you shouldn't be in, get off the pedal and let your man step up and be it. Because here's the other challenge. As soon as women taste leadership, they want it. Ooh, I've had a bit of that. (laughs) Go, Hillary. This is true, yeah? I'm not saying women are called to lead. Read the Bible. But when the two come together, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but by faith. (laughs) Could be shot tomorrow. But when the two fulfill their function and roles, you have this beautiful oneness in him. And family works. But when it doesn't, it's chaos. And your life and your home is chaos. And that is not a representation to the world of God because they're in chaos. So they're looking for wholeness in life. And this is why we must be a people of faith. Amen. So Father, today I thank you for what you're doing here amongst us. I pray your word would go deep into our hearts and our minds and we'd be stirred today to seek you, Lord, and to ask the questions that you're asking us and to know as we turn and as we repent, you come and fill us. So help us to recognize our true state. Father, help us to acknowledge that state. Help us to repent and to receive through our asking the new life that is already in us. Show us who we are in you. Show us our sonship. Show us our daughtership through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I ask you to reveal who we already are in you, that we may live from this place, this place of the eternal, this eternal life, no longer eating from the temple. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.